It's uh, 2.32 on uh, SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, uh, leading the conversation. Huma Sikela featured there uh, by the band. Mafigizolo, Huma Sikela loved working with any current artists at any given time. May soul rest in peace. We miss him. So now we're talking books, and the book that we are focusing on today is called Queen on Wheels, Ascending the Throne of Life. Growing up, Maureen Vuma has always wanted to make a difference. She's always wanted to be one of the people who live beyond people's expectations by doing extraordinary things to show that disability is not in any way a limitation. And she now joins us to talk to us about her book, Queen on Wheels. She's here in the studio. How are you? I'm good. How are you? So you say growing up... Mm. Uh, you said that uh, you didn't want your disability in any way to limit you. You wanted to live the extraordinary life that yes. you thought you were born to do. Yes. At what point did this hit you? At what point did you first come to the realization that, okay, I'm different, mm-hmm. uh, but that that difference in no way uh, means I, um, I cannot be the best me that I possibly can be? Yeah, um, sure. I think for me, realizing that um, I was different Mm -hmm. is um, obviously growing up, I would always look around to try and find... Where did you grow up? In Rosebank. In As in here? As in right here. Oh, wow. (laughs) Are Are you a millennial? Ah, uh, eh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but for me at the time, um, I grew up around um, able-bodied people, obviously yeah. my family. I love the um, way when you say able-bodied, you put it in inverted commas yes. because uh, we able-bodied, uh, uh, you know, we think we're so perfect so and normal and special. <laughs> yeah? Yes. Yeah. So um, I grew up around that. Um, and at the time, you know, I was the only one at my house with yeah. a disability. Yeah. I mean, I've got an older sister, but she had a dis- she's got a disability, but she lived in Lumbopo. Yeah. So we had two different lives. Yeah. But for me, it was just me here in Joburg. Yeah. Um, and, and who do you grow up with? With my mom and dad. Yeah. Um, and also my guardian. Yeah. So I had a, quite a huge family around me, a yeah. black family, a white family as well. Yeah. So it was quite a diverse environment. Yeah. And then um, and then you grow up uh, with what is called osteo tell me if I'm pronouncing it yeah. pronouncing it incorrectly by yeah. the way. Osteogenesis imperfecta. Yes. What is that? It is brittle bones. Yeah. Yeah, in lemon oh, brittle bones. It's brittle bones. Okay. Yeah. So I like calcium in my bones. Yeah. And which means then they don't grow as strong as yours would. Um so they wait a minute they become very fragile. There's a kid who's very popular on Instagram yeah. called Byron. Yeah. You, I don't know if you follow the kid, an American kid. Yeah. And w- the family are trying to make known uh, osteogene- osteogenesis imperfecta. Okay. Yes. So basically you break very easily. Very easily. So for, so I always referred myself as someone who's like porcelain. Yeah. If you think of porcelain and how easily it breaks, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, uh, then at some point in the journey of your life. So, yeah. Okay, where did you study? So I studied, well, my high school years. Yeah. Um, I first went to a school in Soweto. Mm-hmm. 
um, called JC Merkin back then. Mm-hmm. Now it's called Adelaide Tumble. And that school is is it a? I like. I'm using a your special, quote again. It's a special yes, school. Okay. It's a special school. Yeah. Um, I was there from the age of seven. Mm-hmm. I think I can't remember. It's called, I think ten. Mm. Then I moved to. Uh, Germiston mm-hmm. um, and then from there I moved to Hope School mm-hmm. and that's where I completed my matric. Why the movement? Uh... So Germiston and in Soweto I was I was at the um, hostel mm-hmm. so my parents were not comfortable with me being there mm-hmm. um, having to look after myself mm-hmm. for <laughs> for everything mm-hmm. so when they found How Hope old School, were you here? Um, I was from seven. Okay, yeah. that's young. Yeah. That's so from young. seven, I was I had to learn to be independent. Yeah. Were you affirmed though at home? Were you? Uh, are you one of those kids who were uh, taught, Hore, uh, don't look at any any uh, disability or, yeah. or or different ability that yeah. that that you have as a limitation? Yeah. You are limitless. Uh, in, in your mind, mm-hmm. you can do and become anything that mm-hmm. you want to be. So the affirmation started. Um, when I was in grade eleven, yeah. Um, but grade eleven is eleven is almost out of high school. Yeah, that is basically out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that started because obviously I was trying to figure out what I want to do with my life, mm-hmm. what I want to study. Mm-hmm. Um, I had all of these crazy dreams, <laughs> and my dad would always say to me, "You know, what, if you want to go for it, then do it. It doesn't really matter." what you look like as long as you're comfortable and you're happy okay you're on wheels now yes uh, as as i'm talking to you yes uh and you you wrote a a book called queen on wheels ascending the throne of life tell Mm -hmm. me about your book so my book uh, look i've always wanted to write a book Mm -hmm. um why from i felt like i needed to tell my story Mm -hmm. i don't know why Mm -hmm. But um, I've always wanted to tell my story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed to leave something behind, not only for myself, but for my grandkids. I know mm. that sounds a bit, <laughs> you know. Far-fetched for yeah. now. Yes. How old are you now? I'm 34. Yeah. Yeah. So I really wanted um, for me to tell my own story through yeah. my words. I didn't want somebody else to tell it. Yeah. yeah. So in, in the book, you talk about self-identity. You talk about mm. self-perception. You talk about self-love, uh, self-awareness, self-forgiveness, uh, being vulnerable, mm-hmm. self-mastery, self-worth. When did you discover your own self-worth? Um, I was about 30. That's not long ago. No, it's not. Yeah. Um. So when I turned thirty, um, I had uh, I felt like I needed to really know who Maureen was, mm-hmm. um, because I didn't feel that it was time for me to try and figure myself out. Mm-hmm. I needed to be stern in who I am. Mm-hmm. Um. And also, I felt that I was giving a lot of my worth mm-hmm. and my importance to people instead of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I I felt like I needed. Um, to take that back yeah. and make so, it about me. Okay. Yeah. So when you did make the discovery at mm. uh, 30 about who Maureen is, mm. who did you find? That I am, you know, that Maureen is a very wise young woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she is very centered. Um, she's a go-getter. Mm-hmm. Um, she has the craziest of dreams mm-hmm. um and she has an ambitions yes yeah um she is a, a firm believer in um helping mm-hmm. and giving back mm-hmm. um to the community or to people mm-hmm. however way possible mm-hmm. and um 
in helping as well. I think my my biggest thing is I'm a helper more than anything. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's talk about the uh, um, un- unpacking the stages yeah. of your life. We we spoke, I think, uh, about really your early stages where yes. you were born, yes. where where it is that you went to school, yeah. and and how uh, you feel like you 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 found yourself yes. at around the age of thirty or thirty four now. Yeah. But uh, there is a gap that we've left in between, and yes. and 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 I'm assuming it's not as romantic um, as you know uh, 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 we may have yeah. uh, painted the picture now mm-hmm. let's talk about the challenges of growing up with osteogenesis imperfecta I want to say it right <laughs> osteogenesis imperfecta yes. and 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 uh, you know w- what that taught you one about society mm-hmm. and what that taught you about about yourself as you were unraveling as yeah. as you were growing I yeah. mean uh, traveling uh, uh in a school environment, mm. uh, did people tease you, for example? Mm. So, was I really teased? No, um, because I felt like we you know we were all in the same situation. Because sometimes you know, but I mean, I was in a school where we were all the same, basically. Mm, mm. You know, so the teasing. But, oh, so so this, everybody at the school had osteogenesis. No, no, we all had different disabilities. Okay, different yes, disabilities. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean. There was really not much you can tease each other about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can tease. I mean, kids are kids, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was never teased. Mm-hmm. The only thing that um, I had to really fight is the the society and society's perception of me and what disability is. Mm. Um, and obviously, having to having to get them to take me seriously as a human being firstly. Yeah. And not see the disability. And not see the disability because yeah. that's one thing that people always see most yeah. of the time. Let's talk about those yeah. challenges uh, that you face in society yeah. where people see the disability first yeah. before they see Maureen and, yeah. and uh, Maureen's limitlessness. Yeah. <laughs> that word. <laughs> uh, limitlessness. Yes. Okay. Uh, what kinds of negative stereotypes existed in the society around you sure people wanting to give me money really all the time so what's wrong with taking it i mean it's i think it's it's, no it's the idea behind it yeah that um you're disabled you can't do anything for yourself you know so it's like but they you know like sorry for you yes so for me so for me i didn't like that i mean the one incident i remember i was still quite young Mm -hmm. um i had gone stationary shopping with my brother Mm -hmm. and we were sitting outside having a drink Mm -hmm. and this these old men were sitting on a bench next to us Mm. and i had my cool drink can open obviously trying to drink yeah and this guy just put his money in my can Oh, he thought you were begging. You know, so for me, I was just like, I was so upset. Yeah. So what I did is I just threw that can away with his money and he was upset with me. Yeah. But I thought to myself, that is not how you do it. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. So number one, the perception. In that moment, you thought, let me set a boundary. Yes. Yeah. So the perception of people always wanting to feel sorry for you or want to help you because they look at you and think, oh, shame. But that's not the case, you know. Um, Did you explain to him? Did you take the time to explain to him in that moment, though? No, I didn't. I think I was also upset. I was upset myself, you know. But the second time it happened was a totally different guy. And I was working at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, First time, he tried to give me money. I said no. He was practically 
practically forcing me to take this money. Mm-hmm. But what I kind c- of money are we talking about? How much? Money? It was like five rand yeah. or something, you know. Yeah. And I was just like, no. I kept on saying no. Yeah. And I told him straight that I don't want your money. Yeah, it doesn't matter you even know? if it was five hundred yes. rand. Yes, and I yeah. said to him, I don't want your money. You probably need it more than I do. Yeah, yeah. And the second time he saw me, his friend was also trying to give me money, and he said to him, "Don't give her money. She's actually got money." Okay. So where where did you study in terms of tertiary? Did you? I went to Rosebank College. Yeah. Yes. And what did you and study? And I studied there? media and journalism. Yeah. And yeah. was that fulfilling for you? It was. Yeah. It was actually very exciting for what me. What kind of work did you end up doing? Um, so while I was studying, I was an intern at a disability magazine. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I went and opened up an organization for people with disability mm-hmm. for about five years yeah. with my sister. And then now I'm at Investec. Are you at Investec? Yes. What is your position at Investec? I'm in compliance. You are in compliance. Yes. Now, let's. I think let's focus on the crux of the matter. Uh, you say you are sending the throne of life. Yes. Uh, you call life a throne. Yes. Okay, Why? Um, you know what? I feel like we we all take ownership of how we want our life to go. Yeah. You know, we we decide whether we want it to be a movie, a musical. So I feel like mine is like a royal. Um, I love that. A royal ascending, I suppose. You know, and I'm the queen of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, you, 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 there's a part. I'm going to read a, a part in your uh, 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 book mm-hmm. um, where you say, "Growing up." I have always uh, been close to both of my families. There mm-hmm. was never a moment where I would lack because I was loved yes. and taken care of yes. all the time. I was spoiled and I was okay with it. There was never ever a moment where I was made to feel that my disability differentiated me from everyone else. At that time in my life, I was very young. I was fragile and I needed to be taken care of. Mm. I did not Sorry, I did not know nor imagine what the outside world was really like beyond my immediate world. So back then, everything was perfect. Mm. What was this immediate world? This is just my the imme- circumstances of your growth. Yes, so my immediate world was obviously my family, mm-hmm. uh, my siblings, my friends. So mm-hmm. that was my immediate world. Your immediate circle. Yeah, my immediate circle. Where you were affirmed, where you where, were loved. Yes. I love that. It was like a little bubble. I love that. Yeah. I love what I love is that here you are uh, almost telling um, uh, uh, a very directly different story to mm-hmm. what a lot of black 34-year-olds will tell yeah. in South Africa today, and yet you're disabled. Yeah. Uh, and you're b- kind of like uh, breaking a different stereotype yeah. because there's a perception that you're black and you're 34 yeah. means you have to have grown up in lack, mm. right? Mm. You didn't. You're black and you're 34. Mm. You didn't grow up in lack. Yeah. Uh, what you lacked was physical. Yes. And yet in your immediate um, environment, yeah. you were also filled. Yes. Uh, you didn't lack. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. In terms of love. In and terms the things, of love. Uh, that you needed. And yet you went out into a world that said to you, you lack. Yeah. Because you lack physically. Yeah. What does that teach you about yourself? Sure. Except it's, that about <laughs> Besides that, um, it's strength. Yeah. It taught me just how strong I am. Yeah. Um, because people are mean. Yeah. You know, people are mean, and when I had to go out there, I was just like, I'm actually, I've just broken out of my bubble. Yeah. So the it's meanness not... that you experienced was just was in society. Mm. You were. 
you were almost, I could use the word covered. Yes, no, I was covered. You were covered yeah. from birth until you met the world. Yeah. Um, in a in a different way, yeah. you met the world as an independent woman. Yes. Yeah, and the world was trying to tell you things about yourself yes. that you were not. Yes. Am I correct? That's correct. Okay. I mean, I for me, my bubble was was like a protective space, mm -hmm. you know. And um, when it had to break, I was just like, oh my gosh, what do why I do? Why about Tubali so? Why about Tubali so? Why do? We? Why do people think the way that they do? Who's the, who's the most impactful of all of the teachers that you encountered growing up? Oh, wow. My English teacher. Why? So um, when I moved to Hope School, I was a very, very shy person. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember we had to do a speech. Mm -hmm. And I was always looking down every time I did a speech. Mm -hmm. So she said to me, you know what, you need to learn to look up. Mm -hmm. um, even if it means that you need to look at a wall for a second, mm -hmm. but do it so that you can be able to look at people in the eye. Yes. You know, and um, that's where you can actually... It's a way of taking up space, yes. as Zosibini has taught yes. us. Yes. So um, from then on, it's just it's like a freeing feeling. Yes. You know, every here. time you're talking to someone... It's saying I'm here. It's saying I'm here. You yeah. know, you must pay attention to me. Yeah, I so, too count. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just in case you just joined the conversation, by the way, at uh, 2.49, we're uh, talking about a book uh, written uh, by somebody uh, with osteogenesis imperfecta. She's 34 years old. The book is called Author of Queen on... Uh, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm lying. The book is called <laughs> Queen on Wheels, and the author is Maureen Vuma. Uh, Queen on Wheels, Ascending the Throne on life, of Life. Who should read it? book everybody um i didn't write it just for a specific audience mm -hmm. i wrote it for i mean it's it's a book on life lessons mm -hmm. um and the importance of it discovering yourself as an individual mm -hmm. the importance of knowing your worth as an individual mm -hmm. so it's a book for everyone mm -hmm through my experiences mm. yeah and 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 uh, w when you say uh, all of those things i said the stages of life in the mm. second part of the book where you talk about uh, self identity mm. perception love uh, all of those things forgiveness when you say self forgiveness mm. what did you need to forgive yourself for for all the wrong decisions i made in my life like what um you know obviously the, the people that we get in we, we let into our lives um the isn't it funny how they all, they have to come in and 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 then leave for us to realize? Yes. Oh man, man, I sold myself short yes. there. Yeah. You know, um, the putting my dreams on hold just to make somebody else more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, making myself small mm -hmm. just to make somebody else feel bigger. You know, mm -hmm. um, dumbing myself down mm -hmm. to make somebody else feel like they are smarter than me. Preach, girl. You preach. know, but reality is, I mean, most of the time, I always think to myself. I always used to roll my eyes and think, but I'm so much smarter than you. Like, why, why am I doing yeah, this what do I to need myself? You, for? you know, but yeah, it's it's those things where I thought, no, it's time I let it go and forgive myself for making the wrong decisions for myself. Why would you say um, you've mastered yourself? Because there's a part in your book where you talk about self-mastery. I wouldn't say I've mastered myself, mm -hmm. um, but I am there a little bit mm -hmm. I because I, I'm, I'm understanding more who Maureen is mm -hmm. um, even after the book I feel like self-mastery and self-identity all of those things that are in the book are a process it's not a matter of you're going to do it and you get
get it right now. Was it cathartic writing the book? Was it, it was. A, a healing? They do talk about, um, you know, writing your thoughts down mm. um, as one of the, the mo- one of the most healing processes. We'll talk about that okay. uh, when we come back because everybody's dancing around me because <laughs> I have to go to a commercial break. We'll talk about that when we come back. Okay. It's it's two fifty two. Life happens weekdays, one to three p.m. Welcome back. It's 2.53 on uh, SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. We are talking books, and the book on the spotlight today is called Queen on Wheels, Ascending the Throne of Life by Maureen Vuma. And uh, we're talking about the catharsis of uh, writing, you know, of, of uh, fr- the liberation, if you may, of uh, putting pen to paper and releasing yourself of your feelings. Let's talk about how you knew you were on the right path when you were writing this book. Um, Maybe they'll switch on your microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I I felt that I needed to to let go of a few things. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, it was a very scary process for me, I won't lie, mm. because I felt, now it was I was opening up mm-hmm. um, you're telling the truth about yourself yes yeah. to myself yeah um, and also you know reliving memories that I thought I had forgotten yeah you know and going through those feelings again yeah um, was there lots of crying a little bit yeah, yeah a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I even ended up going to see someone about it as in a therapist yeah, yeah. You know, seeing so a therapist gets a bad rap but it's actually one of the best decisions I mean, you can ever make for yourself I I, you know what every time I'm in a bad space I go see a therapist yeah yeah um, it's for me it's very healing yeah uh, so when it's I went, actually liberating it's very liberating as yeah. well you know so when I went to see the therapist about my book we spoke for hours and hours even had coffee it was yeah. so nice yeah. Um but yeah, it was it was a healing process again for yeah. me. What's your favorite chapter in the book? And and it's, I know it's ridiculous cuz yeah. all of it is your book, but I say favorite to using the context of what felt sweetest to put down. Self-forgiveness. I am going to go back to that question. Yes. What did you need to forgive yourself <laughs> for? Oh, you said um you needed to forgive yourself for letting in people that yeah. were not worthy of your t- I yeah. hope you've let them go. No, I have. You I don't have. say anything about love in the book, about finding love, being in love, loving, <laughs> love. Everybody I mean, loves. I do to- everybody I d- but me loves love. Everybody. I do, I do talk about love there. What do you say? Um, you know, the different kinds of love. Yeah. Uh, that's, that you can have, you know, from your family. Which your is friends. the greatest? The love of self. I agree. I think it's the love of self. That's the most important. And God. The mm-hmm. love of God and yourself. Mm-hmm. Those are the most so, so in terms of, of distribution, uh, mm-hmm. how how is your book distributed? So at the moment, I'm self-distributing. Did you so self-publish? No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Yeah. Um, so I'm self-distributing for now, but I'm hoping that by the, by the end of Jan, I'll have a distributor to sort it out for me. Okay. So if, if, if you're self-distributing, then mm-hmm. we have to uh, give contact details. Yes. Is, uh, from what age can somebody read this book? Let's say uh, the kids that go to the school mm-hmm. that you went, the different schools mm-hmm. that you went through, is the material uh, um, accessible also to kids yeah. uh, uh, from what age? Um, I'd say... From 13? One, three. Yeah, yeah, from 13. Do you talk about boys? Loving boys? No, I don't. Why not? I don't. 
Um, you know, because I felt you're it blushing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I just felt like it wasn't that. That wasn't the purpose of the book for yeah. me. Yeah. You know, the purpose was to um, share life lessons. Share life lessons. Um, and and also to encourage people. Yeah. Um, you know, to get them away of all of a few things that they can do to heal. Yeah. Yeah. You you spoke about having a big family, about mm. about having a mom and a dad, and yes. I think you also referenced a guardian. Yes. Holistically. Uh, is everybody proud of who you became yeah. and are they also particularly proud uh, that you you've you've put posterity next to your name because writing a book is putting posterity yeah. next to your name you they live are, you live throughout yeah. just time are they proud they are so what did proud. they say i mean it was a bit of a secret when I was writing the book. Oh, you didn't tell them? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. But when it was time, I was just like, guys, I've written a book. Yeah. We're going to publish it. Yeah. They were, they were so happy. And they still are very proud of me. Yeah. Um, and what I love about my family is that no matter what we want to do, yeah. there's always support. Yeah. And if, if uh, there was somebody who's listening to us or mm. a young child mm. uh, who uh, is uh, living with uh, osteogenesis imperfecta mm. and the voice of the world, because mm. you have said to me very eloquently that you, were gr- you grew up under love and kindness and, mm. and, 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 and caring. It is the world mm. that instead uh, gave you the negative elements. Yeah. If if there's somebody who's listening to us who's got osteogenesis imperfecta mm. uh, and they're growing up and they're in the process of trying to find themselves, mm. what would your message be to them right now? That, um, you know what, the, the world is your oyster. The world is your oyster. Uh, there is so much that you can do in so little time. Um, but all you need to do is really be firm in who you are and what you believe in and just go for it. Yeah. Okay, I think uh, let's give out contact details now for those that want to buy Queen on Wheels, Ascending the Throne of Life by Maureen Vuma. Your contact details. So yourself, you're self-distributing for now. Yes, okay. I am. So my contact details, you can call me on my cell phone, 83 577 You do know your phone will, will, will just ring uh, a lot, but that's, that's and, you. And um, you can also find me on Facebook, Maureen yeah. Vuma. And Instagram, it's Vongimo with the V. So it's V-O-N-G-I-M-A-U. Okay, fantastic. Uh, I think give that Facebook, uh, 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 the spelling again there, because there's a B. Uh, yes. So, yeah, Maureen for Facebook and Vuma, B-V-U-M-A. Okay. Yes. Okay, good luck. Thank you so much. And congratulations. Thank you very and much. the world is indeed your oyster. Tapelo Mpapudi, Bushoko Matlosa, the producers of this show, uh, the driver and musical director today, Phineas and Toba, thank you uh, to the music compiler, of course. Uh, we will be here, believe it or not, on Christmas Day to share the season of goodwill with you. Thank you very much. It is news time uh, with Utsi Lissak. We have a lovely day.